Hello! Welcome to episode 109 of We Have Issues. I'm Anthony, and every week, my best friend and partner in comic book crime, Stevie Wildcard, and I get together and we do our best to overcome the various obstacles and issues that life throws our way. Sometimes it's something, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's personal stuff. We go through dating issues, uh, adulting issues, uh, parenting issues, you know, all, you know, all kinds of stuff. Sometimes we get the, the whole play on words, double entendre situation of having comic book issues to show people and share with people. Sometimes, unfortunately, we have devastating, uh, you know, personal issues. We've gone through some of that this year. We've gone through a lot while making this book. It's been somewhat absurd. Uh, most recently, though, we've had something of a catastrophic uh, event, like a disaster event of uh, what feels like apocalyptic proportions uh, hit our, our coast in our cities and destroy everything. And, of course, you know I'm talking about Hocus Pocus 2. We're talking about people... <laughs> not i don't i have to joke i have to make dumb jokes um i don't have to but i do it's because i don't know what else to do with this it's like i'm so tired i'm so tired everyone um it's been a really long week uh we for those of you who don't know steve and i are floridians we are uh, the, the, the proudly meth gatory people uh we're 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 of the the land of fire and more fire um we you know we 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 salute to a flag of 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 gators and doom and old people and carnage uh it's it is very sad max over here recently we are we are you know it's mad max but the, instead instead of thunderdome we had like a thunderstorm dome like it was a terrible hurricane of biblical proportions raining down upon us uh the the, the the just just shook us just shook us like a titan and it's changed a lot uh it's changed a lot like a lot of um the places we knew growing up are just no more you know they just you know like you know just so it goes you know thing it's it's gone um just no longer um it's weird it's been weird it's been a, a whole thing it's a it's a new morning process that we're we're getting through it's very unusual um but i but we have a lot to be thankful for steve and i are both very healthy happy uh you know like we're making it our families are for the most part um getting through it okay uh we there there's just there's been a lot of sadness and weirdness lately anyway i'm here today uh because i fortunately am in a place that has, is, is a community that's received power and i know oh, that's a tentative internet a uh, very precarious internet uh but but it's working for now so i'm gonna do what i can um Stephen, however, is has not been so fortunate. Stephen is in a like he, I don't we'll, we'll have a full Stephen Stevie Wildcard update uh, as soon as we can. Actually, next week he's going to come here and we're going to record an in person episode together. Uh, we might do it live. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like. We'll see. Uh, but for now, I just wanted to say hi to everyone, touch base, let you know that we're doing all we can. I'm sorry that we haven't been as active on social media. I'm sorry that we haven't um, been able to contact people about being on the show. Uh, obviously, we're going through a lot. It's been a it's been an ordeal, and it's going to be a process. We're going to get back to, to where we were. The colony is going to be strong, um, stronger than ever. Those, I mean, we, we stuck our head in the sand, and the water came in and was trying its best to drown us. Um, so now we're just doing our best to, you know, kind of kind of just wait out the water as it just dissipates slowly and surely. Um, but 
we thank you all for like remaining with us and for watching our episodes even though we're we haven't been able to share them so if you're seeing this right now please go and check out our you know last couple episodes and you know share share this one with your friends literally you know let them know what's going on but obviously given everything that's going on we couldn't record a normal episode i couldn't be like hey steven let's talk about the bucket and he's like this bucket is is flooded with with uh, with death frogs from above the heavens are crying on us um it's filling it's filling the bucket uh but anyway we couldn't do that because you know steven doesn't have internet he just got power back thankfully we you know we can't trust it at this can't trust this sorry um but what we can do, because we were fortunate enough to record two two interviews just before the storm, is I can show you guys our hilarious, very insightful, uh, somewhat ridiculous but amazingly. I just it was entertaining to me. I loved every second of it. Um, but the best interview with Andy Clark, uh, comic book writer extraordinaire, or comic book creator. This guy does literally everything there is to do. Um, he was phenomenal. He was so much fun to talk to. It was just, it, it was, um, it was all of our interviews have been a lot of fun, but it was one of those things where it was like surprisingly entertaining. Or it was just like Stephen and I were laughing the whole time. We were all getting, you know, to know each other. And we like, we, it was just a great time. Um, it was especially great because it was one of the last fun hurrahs we got to do before this devastating storm. Um, so we have it. We have that to share with you guys. I'm, I'm so thankful for that because otherwise it's just a lot of like, like, let me just let them talk about weird sadness and, you know, skirt through that. And like, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll talk about <sighs> stuff. Um, but it's weird. It's weird, you know, going through this stuff. I don't like we, we want to be entertaining. We want to support people. We want to do what we can to be like a, you know, a positive influence and, and just force in various communities wherever we're welcome. And sometimes it's a struggle and I know we can't help it. We have to be true to what we're experiencing, true to ourselves. And we always are, you know, but sometimes I'm like, I don't want to be a burden on people. I'm sure everyone feels that. I know, I know it's not, it's not like the healthiest response mentally, you know, but like, that's where my brain goes. I'm like, no one needs to hear my sadness right now or Steven's sadness right now, but we're, we're going to give it next week. Prepare, prepare for ultimate sadness. No, um, I'm sorry. We couldn't give you a uh, normal. We have issues episode this week. But what we do have is a fantastic interview with Steven and I uh, talking to Andy Clark and just before the storm where we're still like high high spirits higher hopes we're just super ready to watch hocus pocus can't wait for it like like never it's like it's like the day before star wars episode one came out where we're all like yeah new star wars can't wait and then like next week you'll see how we felt about episode one i don't know why i'm throwing shit i, I don't mind episode one now i'm gonna talk to you for three, no, I'm not going to talk to you about episode one without further ado, because <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, thank you all for watching and listening and subscribing. Thank you for your support. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a do. This is by definition a do. I'm giving a do after saying without further ado. You can't do that. That's with slightly, slightly more do. Um, here is episode 109 of We Have Issues, which I'm going to subtitle we have interviews with Andy Clark, um, but thank you so much. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of We Have Interviews. I'm Anthony. I'm Stevie Wildcard. 
And I'm Andy. Andy, I just right away before we get started, you're an incredible uh, comic book writer and creator artist. You know, I've I've I recently as recently as today read this book. Um, okay. I started it a while ago, and then it just you know things life got in the way. Life finds a way, and got, as life know. does. Yeah, so as life like, does, especially in this I, age. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm I'm old. I have so many excuses. Never have to read anything again. Um, but sure. I want to read these things. So, and it's one of the reasons we love doing this is because it gives us an excuse to get into mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. Um, so I got to read your book today. Before we talk about this awesome book, um, I just have to get into the fact that we met on Twitter and I had no idea that you had an accent that was different than mine at all. Like, I was just like, I don't know what you sound like. You could be faking it right now and I need to know. Well, you know, I could, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an avid D&D &D player, so I, I like to practice voices, but this is actually my real voice. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. you, can, you can trust this one. <laughs> very cool um actually that's right that okay before, before we get into it since you said you're a D, &D player and you do I have this, this wonderful accent um when you do accents do you tend to stick to certain regional accents or like you know like my friends and, and people in the united states will often like put on a, a fake like scottish accent or a fake sure. accent. do sure. you do have you or any of your friends put on like a fake american accent from D, &D or any role play We've not done American, I recall. Um, <laughs> I mean, no one's like thinking American like immediately when they're thinking D&D. &D. They're not going like... I know, but like how funny would it be to be like... Because like, I was imagining, I was like, what if you're in somewhere in the UK and you're just like, you know what? You know what? I want a, a, a Southern American elf warrior. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, we had this discussion a while ago on our chat group that like everyone seems to do dwarf Scottish. Mm -hmm. Everyone does dwarf Scottish. We decided that dwarves should actually be Australian. Oh, <laughs> it makes like sense it. though. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean that does make sense. Like, it's like a nice, harsh, dwarven accented sure. language, you know. So what if if the, if they're Australian? What would what would uh, New Zealanders be? Would they, they would be, definitely be like gnomes. Would they be gnomes? Or like half? Are they halflings in D anD D? Is that what they are? Or? <laughs> yeah. There's gnomes and halflings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So. All right. All right, Stephen. I'm sorry. This, I don't want to like bring back any hard memory. This is not our D and D podcast. This is <laughs> but I do have a, I do have a question because I've as the Floridian, I I can't tell if we have a regional accent or do we just sound like a run of the mill American accent? Do we even have an accent to you? Or we this just is, this is the interesting thing because I you know I've seen discussions on on uh, Twitter where people discuss accents and a lot of Americans like will say their favorite accent is British. Mm. It's like the British accent could be one of hundreds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, There's a lot of different like. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same with American is, you know, is, oh. um, you know, there's definitely regional dialects that I could, you know, discern from one another. But to be honest, for you guys, I, I wouldn't have said, you know, if I just heard you and didn't know you were from Florida, I would have said, oh, yeah, they're from Florida. Yeah, I, and that's yeah. what we've heard, that Florida is kind of like a non-regional dialect sure. of English. It doesn't really yeah. have – and I think it's because we get so many transplants here. Like, we have people from New York and Massachusetts yeah. and – I mean, everywhere. We have Midwesterners. So we have a plethora of accents, you know, or, but – it's just not like we don't have it basically Even this so, isn't sure. about us in florida i don't know what we're doing i just like to ask that question right, i'm gonna ask the first question here cool andy yeah. who are you and can you tell us a little bit about your books um i am andy j clark that's my uh, pen name and i am a uh, failed musician currently working on becoming a failed comic creator Man, you are right. You are our people. Just you so are you know. exactly our sure. people. Yeah. <laughs> We're just so, gonna form a. We should all just form a band together at this point. I mean, why not? I mean that's what the internet's for, right? <laughs> for sure. 
Um, but yeah, um, I, I recently, well, four years ago, started to work on my first comic, Flux, and I've broken every rule in the book and decided to do everything myself. Decided wow. to do, I've just actually finished watching your uh, last interview with uh, Tony James, is it? Yeah. Um, and I have broken the exact rule you spoke about and tried to write a 60 issue story <laughs> as my first ever story. It's but, tough, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, Flux is, at the moment, it's a, very character focused sci-fi epic but as the story goes on it's going to build into this bigger story of conspiracy and intrigue and it's set in a in a distant future where earth has been abandoned and humanity is spread out through the slowest solar system and um it's basically the main overarching epic story of it is the conspiracy about what is the cause for earth's demise Oh, that yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, the, the first issue is very intriguing. Like, right away, you set up this, uh, like, I mean, I'm always really impressed by these, like, sprawling worlds that people mm -hmm. create. I, I, like, I tend to write in, like, a smaller sandbox, and I kind of, like, I go, like, big ideas, small worlds, and just kind of, like, you know, like, try to make things really personal, because I'm terrified of the thing that you're really good at, <laughs> which is <laughs> just, like, you know, you, you write this whole universe of things. Like, you're truly world building, or universe building, where instead of, like, city building, you know? And sure. it's, Sure. it's really fascinating so i you know i got i, I read that and i was just i was pretty impressed by you know like thank you the, sc the scope of it um and like what you've done with the characters and some of the fun t like themes that you're getting into with the different types sure. of characters like you know well, i always say my writing um is it's what i like to call thought experiments and it's just like little bits of like these philosophical musings that i just wrap up in a a big general sci-fi pew pew story sort of thing mm -hmm. so it's i just like having that thought process of if this was a situation if this was a scenario how would things evolve from that point oh yeah and and one of my biggest downsides for me when it comes to story writing because I, I came up with this initial story years ago but i realized and i think this is why i quite take to D, &D quite well is i realized what i was doing i was creating characters and i was creating worlds but I didn't actually have a. I wasn't telling a story. I was just creating a setting. I was creating the people, which Absolutely. is great for D. Which is great for D and D. But you need so something there. You need some exactly, meat and potatoes. Yeah. But it's nice having those pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. those pieces, if you have those nuances, that's what makes your world great. Like how many stories have been told the same, you know, the same story gets told. I mean, there's only so many, was it like 31 different, I forget how many stories you can like, so many things you can follow. But sure. having those like individuals and those characters that create that moment, that's like, I mean, that's, that's great. You know? Yeah. It's a skill uh, that some people don't have. So. So yeah, but some of the early concepts for the, like the initial, if you, as you've read the first issue, you all that first concept of the earth being surrounded by an artificial ring. I first came up with that idea when I was at school, when I was about 13 years old mm -hmm. and oh, I wow. turned 40 next year. So that's how long I've had some of these concepts in my, in my head. It's just and brewing it, and evolving. Exactly. And and I've just finally got to a point where actually I've got a plot now. I can start putting all those different pieces and put them together in, a, in an yeah. actual um, book, in a story. Because I actually tried to write it as a novel, not a comic. Oh, and wow. I realized I'm a terrible novelist. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a different skill for sure. It is. It's like I, I can picture things in my head, but putting those those images, those scenes and settings into words, I really struggled with that. This oh, yeah. sky is red. <laughs> yes, that, that is how it came across. It was very much a man walks in, he sat down. It's like, 
How how do you make that sound more poetic? How it's like <laughs> actually actually I'm better drawing better those drawing scenes, them. not trying yeah. to describe them. And yeah. you don't want to go to the Nathaniel Hawthorne. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sixteen chapters later, <laughs> the sky a crimson red. No, so and if you're doing every part of this, I think it's a pretty good question. Like, what are your like biggest issues with creating and publishing these days? And how do you find and make time to work on such an extended, like you know, an expanded process you're doing everything so that um i mean you you pretty much touched on it there is it's the time mm -hmm. element of it that's the biggest struggle because you know i work full-time day job this is mm -hmm. my side hustle or whatever you want to call it um but i'm in a position where as much as i would like this to be an epic financial success that lets me quit the day job i'm not aiming for that it's just mm -hmm. the fact that i've had this story rattling around in my brain for all this time as long as I get to finish it and get it out on paper, whether it reaches 10 people or a thousand people, I'm happy as long as it's I can actually tell the story. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm doing it more for my own gratification than anything. But at the same time, you know, that'd I would be a nice, to be, that'd be a nice bonus. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. when I first set out, I had no intention of actually really putting it out to the public. I was just wanting to get into doing a bit of digital art and I thought making a comic, you have to keep repeating the process. It's, it's a long process to get that practice in. So I thought mm -hmm. I'll start telling that story as a comic, but then I started really getting into it. I was really enjoying it. I thought actually people might enjoy this. I'll start putting it out there and people latched onto it. And I was like, maybe I should push this a bit more. Absolutely. Um, so we talked a little bit about how you had ideas early on, and they kind of evolved over time. Have mm -hmm. you noticed in your own art style and writing and like, in, you know, everything in general, do you notice large leaps in your skill, like your ability as you're going forward? And how does Definitely. that affect you and your, your, your book? How do you feel about that? Oh, um, it's the fact that because um, I'm telling such a long story over yeah. so many issues, I, if I look at issue one, and issue six, which I'm currently working on, yeah. my art has come along yes. leaps and bounds. And I'm it's so hard to resist the urge to go, oh, let's go back to issue one oh, and let's freshen it, it up and I, bring it up yes. to the same standard. That's why I brought like, that up. I've even thought about going over my, my play it again lines and doing that, sure. but like, I just need to, you know, cause I look at play it again and play it again. Like it's, it, it worked for what the project was, but like, I have just, I mean, it's not even comparable, but like what makes me not feel so bad about that is like is I've... the lie that I told when I said that you did it intentionally because it's about a character finding <laughs> himself. He's unfinished, Stephen. We, we it, created it this worked. story, the narrative, the metaphor. Like, why are you ruining this, Stephen? <laughs> Stephen. Okay. But, no, Car but Carlo Barberi, he's like uh, someone that penciled Deadpool for a while. Mm -hmm. Um especially on i think it's the the daniel way run but early on like when he was drawing deadpool you could see like he didn't have his deadpool like design yet but eventually i mean like some of my deadpool stuff i don't know if you can see it probably not so far away but his style for deadpool is like one of my favorite like uh like newer styles for deadpool and like you can if i can see a professional artist grow on a character then yeah. it, it's acceptable to grow You're, no one's gonna hold you to the fires because you've grown so much, yeah. you know, they're just going to be excited for the new art, you know? You know, like, I, I, I totally understand that impulse to want to go back and fix it, though. Like, I freaking, mm -hmm. I did that, like, before Steven, before Steve, like, Steven abandoned me for a while. For a while, he was just like, <laughs> like he, he just, like, he kicked me, like, Spartan kicked me into a well, and I was like, I'll make comics by myself! 
And like, it was, I was miserable, but no. So for a while I was working on my own book. Um, and I, I did an, a first issue of something. I have this book called Bullet and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And I did a, I printed it. And when I looked at it, I was like, I immediately, like my eyes opened and like, it was just like a flash of like everything wrong with the book. You know, I was just like, I see everything that could be fixed. Everything that was wrong. And I was like, crap. So I actually did, I took like two months and just went back and fixed the whole book and like sure. recolored something. I, I redid it. And then like, but then I drew two more issues. And by the time I was on issue three, I looked back at issue one and I was like, I see everything that's still wrong with this book. <laughs> I did exactly the same thing because I did the first two and a half chapters as like a first draft. Yeah. And I thought, right, if I'm actually going to push this out there and I'm going to actually let people read it, I'm going to go back. So the first chapter and a half, I did redraw. Yeah. And then actually looking at it again, I could go back and redraw it <laughs> a third time. But, um, <laughs> but I actually, since I've released, because I've re released the trade paperback now, which is kind oh, of yes. like the, that was the dream for me because I grew up reading graphic novels, trade paperbacks, yeah. and to have one of my own I've made. But I actually put a little um, afterward in there to say, you know, I could go back and fix it, but it kind of chronicles my journey as a creator. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like it's vi it's visible there in the pages from page one to page 170 or whatever it is. So it's like it's nice to, you know, leave those imperfections in there because, you know, it's part of the process. It's part of how I've developed as a creator. And that's why it's just so like, just go for it. Like when people like try to say they have to become an artist before they can be. No, just just draw, man. Just draw yeah. what you can do. Get this exactly work on it. And, that, yeah. and that's how you get better because you can't get better just trying to like you get better drawing comics when you draw comics. You know what I'm saying? You don't get better drawing comics just practicing character art because like like in things like that, because like, yes, it'll improve certain aspects of the pages. But the storytelling is what's important with a comic. Right. So like mm -hmm. if you're the more comic panels you play with and figure out and learn how to like, you know, own a page, basically, that's how I kind of try to attack pages is it's like this page is its own piece of art. And like, how can I make it, you know, work? Um, it's just so much better. So just push into yeah. it. I see that question. Exactly. Asked. I yeah. see that question asked all the time. Like, how do I like, just start drawing comics? Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's exactly what I did. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I think it. I think what sucks about it is it's the most frustrating answer to the question because everyone mm -hmm. wants the magic wand, like rub their lamp and a genie pops out and it happens. But like mm -hmm. Neil Gaiman says it about writing. It's like one word at a time is how you do it. You know, like it's mm -hmm. about everything. Everything is that way. You have to literally just do whatever you can where you are with whatever you have, exactly. you know, and that's that's all we can do. Yeah, um, and sometimes that means, you know, like, like Steven, like right now, like Andy, what you were saying about like, you have this big world that you've been building all this time. Um, Steven has that right now in his head and he's slowly creating this masterpiece that like, I love sure. that, th that this podcast will eventually chronicle the creation of this thing that Steven's going to eventually <laughs> make. Um, sure. And it's, and it's going to be, and it's going to be like, I'm slowly going to fade away as it's going to be like masks or like, you know, like, like, you know, so Steve, but we're all going to get to see that, but just the, like doing those little bits at a time mm -hmm. just like yeah. you know you're you're chiseling you're you know you're dusting it off and making something and you're polishing the idea completely over time right like it's a, a yeah. It's being, yeah it's being eroded by the water and everything and just like yeah, yeah like you're saying it's beautiful yeah. So I, lo I love that idea. Um, I love that we can do that with ideas and that ideas can start as these weird little germs and just grow endlessly. Um, 
some of those things can grow into like fun, established, wonderful, iconic pieces of art and, you know, characters like Superman and Batman, you know, all mm -hmm. Spider-Man. And some of them become lesser known, obscure, crazy characters that we've <laughs> never even heard of, um, which is a perfect segue to right. like, a game that we're going to play called Comic Conjectures. It's... I like what you did there. <laughs> And it's com I sing a song every time and it's never the same because it's comic conjectures, DC Universe. <laughs> I love that my memory is so horrible that I can't remember anything. That was it though. Every time he says the same thing and then he says he didn't. I don't get it. Or it's my memory. Part of the bad. whole theme it's part Steve, of the whole theme. What if that's really the whole theme memory. song though? The theme I just never remember it. It's like like the lyrics if you go to Google, like those are part of the lyrics. Okay, normally I ask for a letter. Um, I'll, I'll ask you for a letter, although I just I randomly pointed to a name just now just for fun to see what I would okay. come up with. And it is a name that I've never heard of and something that I think is pretty interesting. So, like, so like let's do this one real quick. And you you get – after this one, we'll ask you for a letter. So every week or, you know, every once in a while when we do these interviews just to give some people some context, we look through the DC Comics Encyclopedia at the glossary and we pick out names that we've personally never heard of. Could be names that you totally know about. And you could tell us how, how you can make fun of us for not knowing simple knowledge in the, in the you know, comments if you'd like. For us, it's a fun opportunity to just see what a character could be based on names, you know. So we're going to go through a name and pick out a name we've never heard and guess up, guess what the character might be and probably create something that it's not but we'll see this one guys i've never heard of this character um this is a character called voiceover Ooh. yeah i don't i'm really hoping it's a character because it's the most it sounds so cool so what do you guys think hero or villain right off the bat Ooh. i think i've got to say hero okay hero. See, my oh. mind went villain. I went mm -hmm. like twisted Robin Williams character. Well, Mrs. Doubtfire is not the best example for a good version of Robin right. Williams, but like an even yeah. more twisted, like a voice actor who can use his voice in a certain way and like figures out a way to be like, I don't know, he's just a manipulative villain. But hero can work too. I mean, completely. Uh, like, what if it's the telepathic like link linker so, on the squad, so right? Like, you know. Okay. Is it a real character or was it someone who was like sucked into like, like kind of like, evaporated into the atmosphere and now they drive people mad or or maybe they act as like a conscience of having being the voice to anyone they choose so maybe it's someone who's just like he considers taking the candy bar but chooses otherwise and then the guy's like wait what no i, I was <laughs> could you imagine being that being that you just decide to like narrate someone's life yes. on a whim like, yes. like like what if what if voiceover is just the you know like the narrator that isn't a character you know like the just the, the the general narrator he is or they are all every narrator ever you know including your own conscience like those you know, like external voices that some people might hear good or bad i don't know but i like I, yeah i'm just thinking to myself i'm just picturing someone that watches japanese anime <laughs> translates it and that's all they do. They just translate that's anime, all... <laughs> do the voiceover, and they decided I'm doing a hero's work here. So I'm gonna give myself a superhero. He's name. like the he's the original person that dubbed like anime yeah. like coming into America. He's like just pat themselves on the back. You know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm the Lord to work. I'm translating things from Japanese, bringing them to America and elsewhere. You're welcome, everyone. That is, I mean, it's pretty heroic, honestly, I guess. Uh, so that could be it. Um all right, Steve. So you, uh, we're going hero for sure. 
what would i don't even know what their villain would be like that's why i went like the general like you know daily day-to-day kind of like i i came up with the character karma chameleon like if i was invisible i'd go around and i'd help people who were like like i'd stop people from harassing retail workers or like you know when people take the shopping buggies and like put them behind cars or i'd put the i'd, I'd surround their car in it and i'd be like haha karma chameleon strikes again and i disappear <laughs> Just like hidden, hidden, just screwing people over that deserve to be screwed over. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm the hidden face of karma, but I'd wear a cape so then they know something happened. But um... (laughs) I mean, I created a character in my head called Exposition Man that takes the uh, voiceover narrator's job away from him by just putting (laughs) exposition into the character's dialogue. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's great. That's good. That's great. (laughs) All right. Let's figure out who this is. So, um, voiceover is. Actually, I just I learned about this um, from playing this game, but there's a thing called Hero Hotline. Have you guys ever heard of Hero Hotline? I have not. So it was a thing. Um, let me see if it actually says, like explains what it is. When Superman is flying up, up and away, or Batman just isn't answering the bat signal, all anyone needs to do to find a substitute superhero is dial 1-800-555-HERO. The Hero Hotline is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and handles calamity beyond the range of the normal emergency services. So it's just, it's a place where you call to get a, like a, a phone-a-friend superhero. So instead Like of a squirrel cops, girl from Marvel or like so, a... I mean, Steven. I, it, like a voiceover who is Andrew Greenwald, who can imitate any voice or sound. So I guess if you're like... Uh, there's someone, there's someone outside my house and they're like, uh, they're, they're, they're scaring me. They're trying to break in. That This guy shows up and he's like, you better leave them alone. <laughs> you know? And then it's like, ah, oh, ah, and they He run just shows away. up and he's like, I'm going to give you to the count of 10. <laughs> One, <laughs> to two, get to no, 10. <laughs> yellow <laughs> belly. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, home alone. So, oh, wait, actually, that, so where are you from, Andy? Uh, I'm, fr- uh, well, I've been a bit around the place, but I'm currently based in a city called Sheffield in the UK. Okay. Uh, but I'm originally from the Manchester side of the UK. Oh, very cool. Um, so that, that reminds me, because Stephen was just referencing Home Alone. And, like, there's some things, like, there's some things, I'm sure it happens everywhere, you know, but, like, regionally where we are, it's, like, it's just common knowledge that everyone has seen Home Alone a billion times here. So oh, I yeah. don't know, like, is that the, is that similar to where you are? Like, has everyone seen Home Alone, even though it's Home Alone? Definitely. Okay, oh, just definitely. making sure. So, yeah. John Hughes uh, is a legend. Oh, I mean, I have the controversial opinion that Home Alone 2 is actually the better film. <laughs> I, let me it, I mean, I do like them both pretty close. I'm not going to lie. Like, I do like them both. But the, the first one, uh, but see, but the, the sequel was one of the few sequels that like reused the jokes, but it wasn't, it didn't feel bad. I was, I was that's mm-hmm. what just it didn't crossed feel my mind. Bad. I was like, it's actually a good, a really good sequel. So I don't like, I, I love them both. Equally. Tim Curry is also in the so, sequel, if yes, you think about it, which true. is, which is bonus points. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um, so give, uh, Andy, if you wouldn't mind, can I have a letter, please? Let's go with R. R. Okay. R. Let me see. Relative Heroes is pretty funny, but it sounds like a good group. Ooh, Ringmaster. I don't actually know Ringmaster, but it sounds like we guess what it is, right? Mm. I don't know. But maybe we wouldn't. I don't know. Okay. Do, do any of you know for certain what Ringmaster is? I don't. I no. have a few different ideas what he could be. But... Also, yeah, I, and I think that's what happens with this game sometimes. You hear a name like Ringmaster and you, it, mm-hmm. it, it you know, summons these these images that don't exist. You know? So, um, so what are you imagining? Like, hero villain? I'm picturing neutral neutral Ooh, okay i think this is just some standby uh passerby you know um <laughs> but i think he's 
probably involved in the circus that the Graysons are involved in. Ooh. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. okay so, so like the, the Graysons died on his watch, but it wasn't his fault. I yeah. Mean, it was, pending he's the story, someone, it was someone two who creates care. He creates superheroes <laughs> by creating the potential for drama. He's just like he's like no, oh step right up here. No, no, nothing terrible is gonna happen this time. Created another superhero. You're all welcome. Yes, I killed their family, but you know he's like Sometimes he's like make walking, a villain. <laughs> yeah, he's like walking by Martha. Martha, you should totally wear that pearl necklace tonight. Go to the movies. To <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Oh my God! Ringmaster, well, though, but I, what I think Ringmaster could be, too, besides okay. a neutral character, because like I thought, I thought Circus immediately too. I think Ringmaster. I'm thinking the red, you know, the red jacket, mm-hmm. the, top hat, yeah, top mm-hmm. hat, all that stuff. But then I was also thinking DC. You know, there's 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 a lot of normal villains in DC. So like he could be like the Ringmaster, like like almost think like a like someone that like controls all the boxing matches like makes yeah. people like Ooh, throw fights and like I you know, like basically the bookie that. that like wins bit by forcing people to like oh, like the ringmaster like yeah. he's yeah, yeah. Like, well, criminal, yeah. criminal overlord I was gonna say he's the powers. kingpin of dc basically is what you're thinking. but not as cool as, as you know I, I went with more like a you know how like mr freeze has a bunch of guys in like wearing parkas with like goggles and they're all like mm. ice-based villains like i imagined it was just like a um, it was a, a circus ringmaster who had like a bear with a shotgun, and like, like that would be awesome. Like, like the leader a group of, like a a group of clowns squad. who are juggling like fire chainsaws who like fight people, you know, like, but, but like they're villains. It's all, you know, it's essentially like the Joker's henchman, and he's just a different version of that, you know. But, hmm, or, or Steve, what if, okay, let's go hero. I know it's probably not a hero, but what if he's a hero and he is like the Captain Planet? of the ringmasters and it's like or like of the circus so it's like like different parts of the circuit there's like the freak show like like something that can turn into any kind of creature or bend and like like the mr fantastic basically the freak show version would be all the fantastic four combined into one character to do Mm -hmm. all those things makes sense you have like then you have like the animal handler like the guy who can or a woman who can like control animals and get them to help fight crime for her or like a beast boy situation you know so you have like maybe you have like each of the rings of the circus and then the ringmaster mm-hmm. is the strongest captain planet of them all you know he comes out he's like got a little bit of all their powers and yeah that would be he's the cool. green ranger basically and their power yeah. Ranger yeah. Squad. <laughs> tommy's back by the way i saw him in an episode of dino fury my kids watch dino fury and I, I saw tommy i was like what green ranger's back and the dc ringmaster was an author hypnotized by golden glider into becoming a supervillain as revenge against the flash relying on various ring-shaped gadgets for his crimes his first appearance in the comics was the flash 261 and he totally does wear the ringmaster get get up though does he i was gonna say but like I'd like to say that each of our ideas was more fun than what that was just now, <laughs> but that's okay. It's fine. That's, I mean, that's what this game is about. Like, so it goes to show you, I feel no shame about not knowing that character. I like the fact that any of us right now could go and write a story about any of the characters we just came up with and it would be fun and people would we, probably like it. We clearly have the skills. Uh, I, <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Andy, for playing uh, comic conjectures with us. No problem. So, and we did lightly cover this a little bit, but how can someone who has never written a book or drawn a comic or done anything get to where you are? An excellent question. To get to where I am, it's basically the- following the same process that I went through. Is no, I didn't realize. We want your address. We're stalking you now. We want to live where you <laughs> hey, live. 
if we're, you, you're in our cult and you can't escape, this is what we're talking about. We need. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't. If you have a visit, if you have a visit in the UK and you need a carriage to crash on, oh, I appreciate it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but no, um, I didn't realize how easy it actually is. I say easy, but I didn't think comics were within my, you know, reach to be able to create. But then I realized the software and the actual hardware is actually quite accessible. So it's just, it's, it's having the idea, having the, just the drive to do it. So, uh, and just, if you've got an, a story or just a concept that you believe in, just give it a go, rough it out um, and just bullet point those ideas. And, you know, always have a notebook to hand for, you know, scribbles exactly yeah but um when it comes to actually the publishing side of things i've done everything self-published um you know um amazon kindle uh global comics is a great website at the moment for uh um digital publishing of comics um but it's uh, what really surprised me was how cost effective it can be to actually print physical Mm-hmm. physical comics and how you can do short runs because of all the single issues that i've done i've only done runs of 50 copies of each issue and that's well within the budget that i've been yeah. working to um it is me- surprising how cheap they are to print even though they, exactly. they do cost money but like yeah. you think about if you go get a poster printed somewhere locally it's going to cost you 15 20 bucks but you can mm-hmm. somehow get a whole comic book printed for like three bucks or something exactly. like that exactly. Exactly. it's really not that i mean you're going to come out of pocket of course yeah. but you can all you know it's not for what you're getting, I feel like it's so it's totally worth that that amount. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I think well, the biggest thing that is a great help is as much as social media can be a headache and a horrendous place at times, it's also a place to find great comic communities like how I discovered you guys through it and mm-hmm. so many of the other creators that you've interacted with and had on the show and you know others. And everyone out there is so helpful. Yeah. And if you've got questions on how to do a certain thing you know who who are the pr- best printers to go to how do you you know get into comic cons because i've done a few comic cons now tabled at them and a few comic fairs you know just have that having that community where you can interact with other creators who will say well i did this comic con last week it was great you should try that one or actually this comic con was horrendous don't ever try that one again mm-hmm. uh, but just having that network of people and just don't be scared to approach people on twitter in the comics community because everyone from what i've encountered yeah are really cool people that are just more than happy to help and get share advice absolutely i've noticed that too like i mean there there are definitely people that aren't that way but i've noticed that this like i guess you can call it industry like this this area isn't as cutthroat as you think it would be like it's actually like people are basically hey we're all kind of just swimming in this water let's 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 try to get we're not you know we're not crabs in a bucket let's let's try to like you know now once let us be crabs in a bucket (laughs) taking us now once once one of us hits the next tier i don't know what happens then but like everyone is crabs in a bucket steven (laughs) no i'm kidding no there's like water on them you're you're absolutely right though i mean like that's one of our favorite thing about things about doing this podcast and the interview that's why we started doing the interview series is Mm -hmm. to 
have the opportunity to meet more people and actually talk to them at length. Because before we were having people just on our show and it was kind of like, it was fun, but you know, people get like, we couldn't talk as much about sure. anything in particular. And I want to talk about your books and talk about like what uh, your process more than anything mm-hmm. and then give people an opportunity to find you and yeah. find your books, and, you know? So, but yeah, it's great. It's been a good community. People really do show up for each other. Really I Definitely appreciate it. I will say, stay very far away from, facebook manga groups though they are not supportive of one another they very much are crabs in a bucket like because i I, i'm just in them just to like see people's work and like post my work every now and then and man they are they are just so mean to one another they hate on each other so stay far away from them i like how we're all about the bucket here and then now the bad one the bad people are crabs they're crabby people um all right so andy clark uh who is your book Flux for? What kind of like who will enjoy this book? Who's it? You know, who's the audience for it? Um, well, this is the the hundred dollar question, really. Um, but without, I hate relying on comparing it to other things. But um, what the sort of target audience I go for are fans of movies like Blade Runner, hmm. um, general fans of the eighties and nineties sci fi that I grew up on, like the Paul Verhoeven, Robocop, Terminator, Aliens. If you love that sort of thing, that's where my book is at. It's kind of, I've heard people compare it to sort of a, a space game of Thrones, which is like, okay, that's, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Especially if it's like seasons one through four of the early books, obviously. Exactly, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean that's, a, that's, a, that's a compliment through and yeah. through for sure. And I now, feel like, like it's know. like season eight Game of Thrones. It's so great. I don't know about that. We're not season eight Game of Thrones. <laughs> See, I love Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, but like recent series like The Expanse and Alter mm-hmm. Carbon that were on Netflix, um, that's very much that's in that sort of like gritty sci-fi niche. I mean, it's definitely a book for more mature readers. It's definitely mm-hmm. not one for the kids. Um, but yeah, definitely that sort of like dark, gritty sci-fi um, in that sort of like dystopian, almost cyberpunky, Blade Runner-esque sort of like a, a environment. If you like that kind of thing, it'll probably be right up your alley. Awesome. Awesome. So where can people find you and enjoy your work? Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram. My handle on both of those is Andy J. Clark Art. And it's Clark with the E on the end, just to um, get the alternative spelling. Um, The book's available in print directly from me. For you guys in the US, it is a bit tricky because the cost of shipping is horrendous it's it's like i mean i've got the trade paper back here to ship one of those to the us is almost as much as it is for the book and that's like six weeks transit time so for you guys i'd say if it's easier for you you know for you to go digital i'm on global comics i'm on kindle you can just search andy j clark and flux and it takes you straight to it very cool yeah, I'll put all of the link- links below. Make sure everyone can find the book. I like everyone should follow follow Andy on Twitter. He's a, he's a great guy. You know, let me. Hey, hey, real quick, just just to to let you know because we were considering doing it with Play It Again for the same problem. People across mm-hmm. the pond. Um, I think if a comic on Amazon is more than fifty pages, they can print on demand. So, like, sure. if you, 
So you could potentially in the future upload upload your your novel, your graphic novel to Amazon, and they they'll print on demand in America and ship it to people for cost. Well, that's what I tried to do, but it was a very difficult process, and they kept oh, rejecting they, they oh. kept rejecting it because oh. they kept wanting me to shrink and shrink and shrink. Oh. Again, they wanted a border about that that no. thing around the page on each side. So Amazon's is not on board with the comic format. You no, know, they they want everything to be like a novel. Like you know, yeah. you have quite a big border around your text on a novel, and they wow. want to. Yeah. They want to yeah. add the same stipulations to graphic novels, and it's just like that just doesn't work. You have to respect yeah. the bleed. You got you exactly, gotta exactly. Yeah. Well, oh, sometimes you can't even but, properly condense a page. I mean, like the for, the formatting's is off. You know. Yeah. Huh. So, but, well, um, but uh, Andy, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, thanks I, for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, but like I was saying, everyone, please just go follow Andy on Twitter. Find all of his books below. He's a great guy. It's been excellent talking to you. I love having this book. I can't wait to read the rest of them. I wish it didn't cost a billion dollars to ship it over here so I can get the whole trade because I like physical stuff. Um, sure. But I will check out the digital copy. I hope everyone else does too. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the people before you go? Um, no, I think that's everything, to be honest. Um, just, you know, keep following and supporting indie comics. Like, mm -hmm. support indie comics is the hashtag that I just use over and over. I've decided I'm going to get a banner for when I'm tabling at Comic-Cons. It just says hashtag support indie comics. Yeah. Because it's so important. Because without indie comics, you don't get mainstream comics. Mm -hmm. all, all those mainstream comic creators came from indie comics. Yeah. Point. So, yeah, you just have to support the independent creators and not just comics independent music independent anything because mm -hmm. you know as soon as like you know it goes out of independent then you get the you know the big money involved and it compromises things so support the people that were trying to do it themselves mm -hmm. absolutely find the actual art not the commercialized art you know exactly yes um and that's why we're making a cult and that's why now you're a part of it and you can't escape i'm not even gonna ask anymore steven that's they're just in you're in you the moment you agree to the interview it's yeah yeah you had to, you had to choose to click i i offered i was like here's this link if you click it you are part of this cult and you were like i'm in all and <laughs> i am a happy member <laughs> <laughs> all right no we're happy to have you it's, it's been great talking to you dude but please go to youtube.com slash we have issues podcast and hit the subscribe button it does help us i know we haven't we haven't been able to share uh you know i'm we just I, I just am getting internet back. Steven just got power back. We're, we're trying to make our way in the world. This is just going to be another weird little pin or, you know, just a, hopefully a marginal like liner note in the diary that is this podcast where you guys get, you know, you get to watch this whole journey. Um, we do have a lot of updates. So I'm excited to share with you. I have a finished readable working copy of Deathless now. And I'm so excited. Steve and I are going to talk about that next week. Um, but anyway, we have a lot to share with you. But thank you for, uh, you know, being forgiving and, you know, welcoming. And it, like, thank you for all of your kindness and your kind words and just um, well wishes through this ridiculous time. And there are a lot of people out there who have it a lot worse than we, uh, we do at the moment. So just we are thankful. And we're thankful to be where we are and have the, the support system that we do. So thank you all for everything you've done for us. Uh, know that you know, it means everything and we appreciate you. But thank you for watching episode 109 of We Have Issues. I'm Anthony and yeah. see you next time. Hello. Hello. How's it going? All good. How are you guys? 
Uh, we're doing good. all right. We got a hurricane coming, but <sighs> we're Floridians. I, we're used to it. I've just been reading about that, and I'm like, yeah, crazy. <laughs> they yeah. look so. I want you to know they look so scary on the radar. But mm-hmm. it, just imagine like a tornado in the middle. That's the problem. That one sure. big tornado in the middle. This looks scary, but it's not really what this is. It this part is scary, you know. So. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's all terrifying. Don't listen to him. It's I mean, like Irma, Irma was crazy because Irma, like you could see it from space. Like it was like sure, it was like three times the size of Florida or something. But it's a titan, is what it is. We yeah. need a Hercules. It's the, it's the uh, wind. It's the wind water titan working together. Sure. I mean, we complain about the weather here, but then we look at that and it's like, hmm, context. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah exactly. for sure. Oh, it seems like as if they're facing the Armageddon. That's okay. All right. Uh-huh. We'll yeah. It's it's literally rolling like a, a 20-sided dice to see if it's your city that gets hit. It's like, oh, sure. oh I rolled oh, a nat no. 20. We're good. We're good over here. Oh. All right. Um, so let me get my, my questions up. All right. Well, Andy, it's, it's nice to meet you. Like, thanks for yeah, coming you on. Too. I'm glad we finally get to do this. Yeah. Um, so you don't have an active campaign. Like normally we've been, or recently we've been interviewing people with like active campaign sure. stuff, but um, you do have like a good link tree and everything where people can buy your books. So we're, sure. we're totally going to, you know, target that. Um, yeah. So we're just, we're just going to ask six questions. That's how these usually yeah. work. No worries. Yeah, so it's going to start off. I'm going to just do like a quick hello, welcome to the We Have Interviews. And we're, I'm going to say I'm Anthony. He's going to say he's Steven, and you say you're Andy, and we'll get into it. Yeah, no worries. All right, All right cool. It. We got it. Um, all right. 